Welcome everybody. My name is Alexander Greb. I am the Customer Advisory Lead S4HANA Strategy at SAP and you are listening to the SAP Experts Podcast. Today we are going down into the depths of cybercriminality. Marco Hamel, founder of the security advisory company No Monkeys and SAP security expert Stefan Trump are going to tell us What is going on in this twilight zone that threatens corporations? What kind of issues lead to risks that open up IT infrastructures to criminals? Which opportunities you have to rise the level of security of your landscape? And what are the worst and best ways to deal with this topic, which is quite more relevant than you may actually think? All of that in another especially thrilling episode here at the SAP Experts Podcast. Hallo Marco. Hallo Steffen. Hi Alex. Hi Alex. To start this episode first, I have to confess a bit to be guilty. Because at the beginning of our conversation for this episode, I probably um, was showcasing the same level of naivety as the people you two guys deal with. And um, I think as an introduction, we have to tell the story how this episode comes together. It was in the end of February, it was shortly before Corona, Steffen, you and me, we were part of a group of people at an event, I think it was at the SAP lounge at the SAP arena. Yes. And you pitched to me the idea of a security episode within this podcast. And to be honest, my first reaction was a thought like, well, is this still such a topic? And by this, probably I made the same mistakes like far too many people because the stories you told me then, they absolutely convinced me because Jesus, they were really damn scary. So before we go into that, Stefan and Marco, um, please introduce yourself and tell us about Marco then about the origins of the name of your company, because I think it already really wraps this topic quite interestingly. <laughs> Okay, so I start. Uh, yeah, Stefan Trump is my name. Um, I work in the solution advisory team out of SAP for cybersecurity, governance, risk and compliance. I'm with SAP since now more than 12 years, always worked in this topic. Yeah, I, I really like this topic, love this topic uh, to, to advise our customers about uh, yeah, this very exciting uh, topic. All right. Yeah, my name is Marco Hammel. And, um, you know, uh, as a small remark here, I'm not related to Mark Hamill. So um, I'm not related to Luke Skywalker or something like that. Now, now um, I get it. You're correct. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, um, I'm, um, I'm a former uh, SAP employee. I've actually worked at SAP uh, almost, yeah, it's, it's more than a decade ago in the meanwhile uh, as a working student, um, but uh, uh, remain quickly after leaving the SAP ecosystem, coming back to the SAP ecosystem and uh, worked for, for quite a while um, for a, a German um, uh, software provider providing security software for SAP, uh, which, uh, uh, you know, was really, really interesting at that time. And, um, yeah, you know, um, this company was acquired um, by an American competitor And uh, as a result of the learning of the last eight years being active in the field around 
cybersecurity with relation to um, SAP software security. Um, my my co-founder Jochen and me uh, decided to found the company No Monkey, and um, yeah, I think that's that's what you're referring to as being a very interesting name related to this topic. Yeah, and of course, there's a reason behind it. And um, the services of your companies are what? Yeah, so we um, we considered that um, that you know, like like you described yourself, that there's a lack of understanding and awareness in in many areas when it comes to the um, you know to the specifics of security um, in SAP technology. And um, to address this issue, uh, our, we've decided that our company acts as an independent advisor. So we are not selling any security solution uh, software um, or, or whatsoever um, geared towards customers who want to, you know, um, enhance their capabilities or, in, you know, to be honest, often just start with the topic as such. And uh, on the other hand, um, also providing learnings, you know, for all the people active in the ecosystem, being at SAP experts, but also being at uh, security experts, that they got uh, a better understanding of each one another. So really to, to address the issue of, you know, one of the monkey problems we are going to talk about, um, like that security experts do understand more about techno the technology specifics around SAP solutions and, uh, um, you know, the, the importance. And uh, on the other hand, SAP experts get a better understanding, you know, why these strange security guys, you know, come around and have all of these requirements potentially slowing down projects and whatsoever. And yeah, there's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. It's quite an interesting point because we're not talking here about some millennials surfing on weird websites and catching ransomware or something like this on their computer. But it's not like that the um, problem in itself or like the solution waits completely on the application, for example, SAP itself, but it's part of a complex which has several elements which is of course the sap application but also like the user the organization like the infrastructure and so on and so you are looking over the whole security responsible universe as far as i've understood yeah and uh, you have to when you talk about security because mm -hmm. security is a really interdisciplinary problem and you know actually that that got my attention for the topic before of the time i was you know a software developer a software architect pretty much about, you know, features, stability, business continuity, uh, things like that having in mind. But security is, is really something an organization have to adapt on a cultural level. Uh, so, they have, there has to be a common sense about, you know, what the organization is actually doing mm -hmm. um, from starting from really from a business process perspective um, down to, Yeah, you know, regulatory requirements, legal requirements, um, um, down to the level of uh, of technical security, of course, and that 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 you know involves you know the, the three dimensions of security, which is people, processes, and technology. Yeah. So, concerning the practical examples um, which justify your involvement in that kind of topics, um, of course, we do not want to name any companies here and so on. But, like, what are the let's say examples 
you can bring on the table when you want to say like, hey, this is a topic and uh, we don't want to um, forget this in a certain way that you think like, um, hey, come on, security is coming on board. Yeah, maybe, maybe we should emphasize, especially the SAP part here, because a lot of people think about security yeah, and they think about classical, let's say, IT security, mm -hmm. network security and so on. And they say, yes, we are quite good in this topic. But uh, when it comes to SAP security, some people like you, yeah, this uh, event uh, where we met, uh, say, oh, why do I have to care for that yeah. especially? Yeah, mm -hmm. And I think that should be a focus because SAP systems are often the most critical system for, for many big companies because there the critical data is in, the customer data, the product data, the sales data, and uh, a loss of this data uh, is, is really, really critical to a company. Yeah, and I think uh, that yeah should be into consideration and talking about security, especially, of course, uh, with us, uh, with SAP or or partners who also care about SAP security. So con concerning the horror stories that um, you told me, what I like your, what I may call your favorites in that part, which really gets the attention on this topic. Yeah, who wants to start, Marco, do you want, <laughs> uh, or should I? <laughs> Uh, yeah, maybe, you know, we, we regarding, let's say, all of the different monkeys we are going to address later on, I think uh, we, we can just select, uh, you know, some of the of the various examples here. Uh, maybe I'm just starting with um, that, you know, as, as part of my uh, of my activities in, in my in my former company, uh, my former employee. I was, uh, for example, uh, carrying out penetration tests um, mm -hmm. at, um, um, at, um, at, you know, customers of this company. Like it was not just about selling the security solution, but in, in many cases, it was necessary actually um, to create awareness about, you know, the state of security or insecurity, as you want to say, um, of uh, how the uh, how the SAP customer is using uh, the SAP applications and you know their SAP infrastructure, and um, uh, actually it was a, um, a Scandinavian telecommunications um, company. And um, like while conducting the penetration test, um, I actually figured out that um, actually they had pretty good lock, lock, lock settings uh, lock settings in place. So it's a really good example about you know, doing something right, but really not achieving something as a result of it. Um, I came across by, uh, by, by browsing the logs that, um, um, that there has been an attack um, happened to this company on, on the SAP uh, system where I was conducting the penetration test on about five years at the point of the penetration test in the past. And, and so we're talking about a was... successful attack. It's not like a simple attack yeah. because I think like companies mm -hmm. in, in the size of like SAP or other mm -hmm. companies, they are attacked every minute. Yeah. Um, but yeah. that, uh, what you're talking about, that has been a successful attack in the past. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Like you find out five, five years later that basically you have been robbed. Correct. Correct. So in, in, in that regards, um, uh, it was pretty difficult to uh, to, to consider what um, um, you know what the actual uh, attacker was um, was taken away uh, mm -hmm. at that point in time. Um, uh, 
Um, you know, it, it's not always about, um, you know, breaking the confidentiality of data. It, it is also about like somebody, um, you know, deliberately, um, um, you know, uh, breaking the integrity of data. So making certain manipulation um, mm -hmm. to the data um, that, that can create harm to the business. And of course, availability is another constraint. Availability was not a constraint in, in, in that regards. But, you know, it was very easy to figure out that in the log that uh, throughout an administrative report in the SAP application, um, somebody um, actually in, in installed um, um, an, an exploit shell on the operating system yeah. of one of the SAP application servers. And from there on, actually loaded um, his um, further attack software on the operating system um, of, uh, of the SAP application. And um, like, you know, there are very various uh, other opportunities have, uh, would have been possible from, for the attacker from this point in time. So, you know, he could have basically just, you know, get access to the database and, and, and just dump the complete database um, to, to where he wanted and to browse the data later on. Um, like this was, this was all visible in remaining in the security audit log of the SAP system, but Basically, no nobody was reviewing the logs, obviously. Mm -hmm. So, because the the attack and the attempt was was quite uh, quite quite obvious, and um, yeah, and um, at that point in time, the the attacker already had a level of access uh, where it was very easy for the attacker um, to um, you know to remove his traces. But and, but that that what you're telling about this mm -hmm. is in my opinion this is already at a different level than let's say a, a simple attack or even an attack that has been successful because the attack was successful and in a certain way it was the perfect crime because it went on unnoticed almost unnoticed if you would not have found it like out like five years Correct. later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is this something like where when you see when this happens at customers, uh, is something like a shock so that they say, that, damn, we really have to change something or how how usually are customers or people who are confronted with that kind of, of bad news, um, are how, how do they react? <laughs> It uh, can depend of, you know, whom you address with the information. Mm -hmm. Like the business is usually totally scared and can actually not imagine what what have, has that happened. Um, on the other hand, um, like an SAP operation um, center or you know basis administrators and so on, um, they most of the time they they know their weak spots. Mm -hmm. So like then it's of course it's it's a bad information for them. But um, in many cases, they are not really surprised. Like there, you hear things like, I have addressed this to my management. Like, for example, that we have to set up encryption for the IRC protocol and so on. I have addressed this about, you know, every year since the, the, the past six years or whatsoever. And um, it, it's really about whom you ask. And mm -hmm. um, um Yeah, or in, in all of the cases, it's not really, uh, really nice news, of course. And um, it, it very much um, depends on, once again, the cultural perspective of the organization, how they are going to deal with this, with the circumstance. Like, uh, is, it, uh, is it like, as I call it, the ostrich tactic, mm -hmm. like sticking the head in, into the sand? 
so kind of we cannot do anything anyway yeah and um uh, you know the world is so bad and uh and, and whatsoever or if you um if you have a resilient posture um mm-hmm. that you know okay something went wrong and now let's take the the, the most uh, effective actions and you know um uh, remaining calm and and uh, focus on on efficient efficiency criterias uh, to make the best out of the situation. Wow, definitely. This is something that that if you get confronted with this, like like I I was when you were telling me these kind of stories, um, this is really scary. Definitely, it it is, and it, it even can get worse. Yeah. So um, just imagine your SAP systems really stop to work. Yeah. We also had that yeah. cases. So uh, at a big corporation in, in Germany. Yeah, uh, so SAP system stopped working suddenly. It was away, did not work. And they opened IT tickets, of course, with very high priority at SAP and SAP support cared about it. And we found out something has been, let's say damaged in the system, but nobody was aware how it did happen. Yeah? And it took nearly two days to find out that it was an attack. Yeah? And uh, the, <laughs> the story behind was, it was a frustrated uh, employee. Uh, you who manipulated the, the system and said, okay, I want to now, let's say, um, yeah, not destroy the company, but uh, make some noise yeah, uh, about my bad feelings. And uh, mm-hmm. he was able to stop the SAP system from working for two days. Yeah, And of course, that's create, that creates a little awareness in the company then. And then people start to think about SAP security. But of course, they should have thought about it before. Yeah. So, so the, in this case, like the attack didn't really happen from outside, but more or less from inside. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think, uh, Marco, uh, you you can say something about that. Uh, a lot of attacks uh, happen from from the inside, actually. Uh, don't say. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, I think as as a remark to that, um, like uh, where I suppose in, in your example. It was, um, um, I guess, an IT professional. Uh, so somebody probably working in the SAP department, yeah. um, you know, creating this very specific um, harm uh, to mm-hmm. the organization intentionally. But um, I think uh, I often find it um, um, totally underestimated, like that, you know, even simple business users. And, um, you know, um, we... Uh, we carried out a forensic um, um, activity at my, my former company where um, um, a, a chemistry company um, actually uh, figured out that, uh, you know, actually by network forensics that there's really something strange because uh, they came across uh, the situation that um, uh, somebody was, was, was loading um, a lot of uh, data um, from uh, from an SAP ap- uh, application, it was just like um, you know the the thresholds they have for network forensic. It was just um, you know way way too much data for the for the regular use of a business user, and it and it came um, and it uh, and it came to the conclusion um, like on the first level uh, carried out by the by the customer itself doing forensic that uh, somehow an American employee um, took uh, the credentials of a Singaporean administrator. Okay. Like, um, 
And, you know, with the credentials of the Singaporean administrator logged on into a productive environment and, and, and just, you know, started using using SE16, uh, started, you know, downloading database table information uh, from the from the SAP system. Um, like the Singaporean administrator had quite, quite high privileges in, in the productive environment. Mm-hmm. But, uh, um, luckily, actually, um, the Singaporean administrator um, could, uh, you know, um, could 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 bring the the proof there not to be guilty, as mm-hmm. uh, you know, he was able to to conduct like. I was at, at vacation at this point in time. And mm-hmm. as you can see at the VPN gateway, I never logged in via VPN. And as you can see uh, on, the, on the entrance lock system at the office, I, I didn't even enter the office. Um, so that was his luck. Um, otherwise, um, uh, he would probably be insulted of sharing his credentials with, with somebody else um, uh, or, or something doing that. Um, but uh, yeah, we could figure out that on the on the machine of the American employee, there was traces left of uh, of a um, password hash brute forcing tool. And uh, can, can American... you explain what that is for? Yeah, of course. Like um, um, passwords are are not being stored. Luckily, um, nowadays or most of the time mm-hmm. in, in in clear text. Um, uh, also not in an SAP system, but they are stored yeah. as hashes, like yeah. as a, a, you know, as a static representation of a fixed length of the actual password. Mm-hmm. And so it's, 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 you know, pretty easy to create a hash and mm-hmm. then to compare actually uh, on, on, on a user logging, like um, uh, the hash of the login credentials provided by the user with the actual stored hash to, to verify uh, the identity of a user. Um, but uh, yeah, it's not straightforward actually to re- to reverse the actual clear text password from the hash. So that's that's kind of the protection mechanism. But um, um, on the on the American user um, um, uh, notebook, there were being found that there were traces of a tool that is you know intentionally ah, being okay. used to uh, to to recalculate the, the clear text password from the from from a, from a hash information. Yeah. So so there was definitely some in a way criminal energy behind that because he did not just like look up or what what could be the password or like like stole it by like looking at what what kind he tapped in but there he installed some some application or some some tool which was like responsible for getting this kind of information then deleted it but still of course the traces were found on his on his laptop correct correct so he was not an it mm-hmm. professional mm-hmm. Uh, he, he basically most likely just have followed you know googled for it and just followed let's say a guide um, mm-hmm. to um, to to actually do what what he did yeah mm-hmm. and uh, like the interesting information was how did he actually get the the hash information mm-hmm. like for the for the administrator's mm-hmm. password and um, we were able we were able to figure out that uh, this this business user was for example also conducting UAT testing okay. uh, for SAP application in 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 a, in a, in, a, in, a, in a testing environment and um, on this testing environment um, however he had um, you know pretty excessive privileges like um, like many actually testers do have on, on test systems. Yeah. And mm-hmm. with this excessive privileges, it was possible for him 
you know, just by the standard tools to retrieve the hash information of, you know, it's, it's database table use R02. Um, mm-hmm. If you're, if you're interested in looking in, into your SAP system, the stores actually the username and password information. And um, it was, you know, straightforward for, for him just with the, uh, with the access um, he had just to download all of the hash informations uh, from the, from the actual database table just uh, once again using uh, SE16 and then were, uh, was able to, uh, to brute force um, the, 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 all of the hashes with the tool actually uh, and, and recalculating and trying to recalculate like, you know, there are things to make it faster, like, uh, uh, like rainbow lists, for example. So uh, already pre-calculated lists of, uh, of, of uh, you know, potential clear text passwords and hash, hash informations where you know with uh, with these approaches he was able to uh, to to recalculate specifically weak passwords yeah and um, and then he just had a look like um, okay um, with the information in the test system which of those user accounts um, are you know potentially high privileged in productive environments and, and found this Singaporean administrator but then, but this is this is not your standard SAP user who knows all that stuff knows how to use the tools knows how where to look maybe and 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 use this kind of algorithms and so on there must be, have been some let's say several knowledge or let's say hacking or criminal knowledge necessary to 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 execute something like that like using the tool and so on is 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 not not far more difficult than using any other type of software applications there are nice tools with with uis and so on where you basically just drop your csv list with the usernames and password hashes and they are doing all of the rest for you so um when you when you when you google for it you you will find several pages public in the internet available how to actually conduct this kind of uh, attack wow And, and where to find the information in the SAP system and how to do that. That's, that's pretty much a well-defined standard path of yeah, starting to, to exploit like different weak processes mm-hmm. um, in the customer environment. Like the, the one weak process is like that, you know, the administrator used the same password all over the place. All over again, exactly, yeah, yeah. did not change. In the same in test mm-hmm. and in production and so on. Uh, the, the other thing is like that, um, you know, the test system is not, not sufficiently being protected mm-hmm. by, you know, also restricting privileges of the users over here and so on. So it's, it's, it's really like the, 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 the process thing besides of, you know, technology and so on um, that, uh, that often can make organizations weak uh, to, you know, this attacks carried out by yeah, non, non-professionals in, in that regard. So this, this person did not have any specific experience when it comes to, uh, you know, information security or whatsoever. Wow. But, okay, we, we had now like cases where it was all about like damaging or like destruction in a certain way. But this, of course, is maybe just one area of, let's say, practical examples where attacks or were more or less like um, security leaks led to something which was not really optimal for the company. But I think there are also like a lot of um, similar as hijacking examples where certain parties actually earned money by doing that, like intruding into a system and doing some things. Do, do, do you have examples for that also? Well, 
um, what what uh, I think belongs to that topic is, uh, of course, stealing information and making money with mm. this information. Yeah? So I remember one case uh, where a company said, okay, uh, we found that there are fake, so imitated products um, in the market with their mm. logos, with their uh, yeah, construction, and they were sold to their customers. And they just found it out when the customer complained that the quality was not good. Yeah, and they said, okay, where does this product com come from? And it came out, there was a kind of, yeah, a company who copied all the information uh, from them, the recipes, uh, details about their, their sales channels, and they distributed the product even on the same sales channels and said, hey, we are now the company XYZ. Yeah, but the products, of course, didn't have the same quality. And so it fell back to the original uh, company. And when they had, a, let's say, an investigation how this could happen, uh, they found out, well, all this relevant data, like the recipes, the customer information, the sales channel information, um, this came all out of SAP. Yeah. So unfortunately, they, they have not been able to really reconstruct the attack pattern, but it was clear all this information comes from the SAP system. Yeah. And I think that's, that's definitely one attack pattern where somebody wants to grab the information that is an SAP to make money. Yeah out of it that's definitely one tech pattern but when we're talking about this kind of stuff um i think okay when you're for example like a private person yeah and you say i want to have safety and security with my let's say interaction with the internet and stuff like this um of course your let's say your possible adversary who wants something bad to you like steal your information and so on of course is sitting somewhere it's it's like one type of person probably like who's looking for these kind of people who are let's let's say um, vulnerable in the internet concerning companies i think the um, array of possible parties who want to do something bad to you i think are as far as i learned from you now are much more diverse because we have something like the internal factor like employees who maybe freak out at a certain what we've learned at a certain moment and and start sabotaging we have like certain maybe partners where something weird things are happening but we have of course like the attacks from outside and from from certain part like criminal organizations but uh, what you also said in our pre-conversation that there are also like certain we can say nations who are more or less earning a part of their BPR by stealing information, doing sabotage um, and so on, mm -hmm. which are also like somebody who is prone to attack me. Um, did, did I get this like array of, of, of possible adversaries, right? Or how would you like comprehend that? Yeah, maybe just to bring in a meme here, uh, which is, uh, pretty well known in the in the area of cybersecurity, uh, like um, um, a, a cybersecurity expert is carrying out a, a threat model of, of threat actors to an organization. And he states, yeah, so basically everybody who is not working here is a, um, is a, is a threat actor and everybody who works here is a threat actor as well. Yeah. Uh, like this, this, this pretty much uh, describes it as a whole like the attacks from an organization perspective can can be ubiquitous like mm -hmm. there can be really many things like being a personal interest um like revenge as we had an example uh, up to um, 
professional cyber crime um, mm -hmm. to, to actually get money out of it um, up to like things which are most most uh, most usually stage sponsored like in industry espionage mm -hmm. um, things like that so individually to the to, to an organization um, on top of that there are many many of, of other threats um, yeah. from a security perspective that uh, that do prevail um, the, the interesting part of it that uh, that um, most people um, struggle to have an understanding like um, what can be the motivation by an attacker and uh, what are the ways to carry uh, an attacker carries out his attempt to to achieve his his objective like um, uh, i think what's very very interesting we are in the we are in the age of so-called ransomware so which mm -hmm. means um, where where attackers uh, trying to um, um, take the data away from from the organization it belongs to uh, by for example encrypt encrypting it um, uh, obfuscating it or whatsoever mm -hmm. and uh, then um, then taking the organization for ransom and um, and of course so so to under i'm sorry yeah. to interrupt you but so this actually what what probably like private people may experience mm -hmm. after surfing at weird websites also happens to companies certainly and do they pay or quite often they do yeah wow. <laughs> quite often they do yeah um like it, it, it's it's pretty it uh, you know the, the math behind it is pretty simple and that's that's being used by by, by cyber criminals and you know specifically uh, as a cyber criminal if i figure out oh basically there is an sap infrastructure i know that it's crucial to the organization yeah um and if i do have you know bypassing the sap application layer but having the appropriate system access like mm -hmm. uh, by by system-based attacks or whatsoever um and i i, I just okay. know i just encrypted and uh, then i'm pretty sure that the organization will pay the ransom like like we all know by the amount of transactions uh business transactions being processed on on sap infrastructure and, and systems and so on um you know, uh, availability is often very, very crucial for this organization. And, uh, you know, taking away just like for, for the last incremental backup, back, back up a day of business uh, would be many, many millions to them uh, in, in, in many cases. And then, you know, doing the math to, to pay the ransom, to, mm -hmm. um, to, to get the, the encryption key to, uh, to unencrypt the data is for many organizations, pretty, pretty straightforward to do. Another point is that, um, uh, that, uh, also because of, of, uh, of, of regulations and, uh, and legal implications, data is more, more, uh, having a price. Uh, mm -hmm. let's say specifically in consideration of things like GDPR, mm -hmm. uh, like if there is an, an, an attacker out there, uh, he can also monetize um, like the organization being afraid of uh, that the attacker is actually publishing the attack the, or the successful attack. Um, because actually, make, making the weakness of your company public already correct. is a threat. Correct. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. Probably like every because hacker organization, you have to pay a price for that. In the meanwhile, yeah. like in considerations with GDPR, mm -hmm. um, up to two percent of the of the organization revenue. Mm -hmm. Sure, yeah, because, exactly. because when 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 I was 
considering I I would be a hacker and I would be successful to like intrude into your company and then I would publish it that I was successful. Probably every other hacker would also try it because he knows that, okay, if this guy was able to do this, probably I also will be able to do that. And this then opens the doors for basically anything bad that can happen to you in that aspect. Correct. And uh, what you also have to consider when you pay the ransom, um, the the bad guys will, will remember that you paid yeah. the ransom and that you're most likely going to pay a ransom again. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, being again, like nervous and shocked again. Um, what are the reasons that this is possible? Because of course, like the same or the first thought uh, may be like, okay, then obviously the application is not safe. There are security leaks within the application, but I think this is would be not the right approach because let's say I can buy the most safe and secure and, 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 and secured car I can get with lots of airbags, lots of uh, metal around me and so on. Um, but still, if I do not take care for it, if I drive too fast into a corner or if I drive against something, I still get hurt or more. Um, is this picture correct in a certain way that I imply or what what is your let's say spin on the reasons or the elements or the dimensions we have to talk about when talking about making your application landscape your sap landscape safe and secure i i like the example with the car yeah uh, so just remember you have the safest car but you don't take the seat belt yeah, yeah? you don't exactly. use it mm -hmm. yeah then most likely you you won't have fun when you have mm -hmm. an accident And I think that's somehow similar with, with uh, the SAP security. Yeah? So there are a lot of ways to uh, use the inbuilt security to make your system secure. Often it's a kind of, let's say, configuration issues yeah, where the configuration is not right, uh, of patching issues where you use, uh, let's say, old releases where we already delivered patches in the last years, but of course you have to install it. Or uh, we talked about a lot of access rights, privileges, where you just, uh, let's say, give uh, privileges to everybody. Yeah? And then, of course, you have a security issue. Yeah? So <laughs> just another story, but then maybe we <laughs> finish with the stories. But uh, I remember a, a customer, for example, who, who just renamed uh, the SAP All authorization, where you can mm -hmm. do everything with. Yeah, He just renamed it to another one. And then he said to me, mm, well, then the auditor will not notice it. Yeah, So I don't have to care about it. Yeah, that was already some years ago. I know this company now works also on the privileges and optimize it, but it's a kind of, of awareness, a question of awareness. Do I Am I really aware of the risks and what I can do against it? And, and then you just have to do it. Yeah. But I think that's, that's the key point. Awareness. Yeah, I think that this all example that you're taking is more or less what, what we've heard in the beginning, like with the apes and monkeys and not, want to hear and see and look like there's one thing of of maybe not being aware because of maybe like knowledge deficits what kind of uh, let's say activities i have to incorporate to become safe and secure but also in many cases there's something like a nonchalant happening what do you think is the bigger problem of both or are they in the same area like um I I would come back to the to the actual reason of of the missing awareness mm -hmm. um, as, as as kind of the primary root cause. When we usually talk uh, with organizations, 
they are when it comes to to security topics they are very much stru structured uh, in, the, in in the same manner mm -hmm. like there is there's for example the the freelance of defense model um, that uh, that it's being defined by uh, by the international auditing organization um, that usually there is a let's say there's an IT operation department in place like in our case specifically the SAP operations department there is a, a security department in place uh, which you know has the primary objective to define policies and um, um, to to define strategies and uh, and um, also actually um, identifying threats and uh, and so on to the organization for information security and and cybersecurity aspects and then um, as a, as another independent part like uh, to verify that that these both organizations work uh, as they should in that regards there is uh, internal audit most likely internal or external audit depending depending on the on the actual organization and um, like the the example uh, Stefan mentioned like you know just we obfuscate something like we we, we hide our uh, our deficits in in a, in a certain area by you know just giving it another name mm -hmm. is is really like uh, that 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 an oper uh, that uh, the operations department don't want to speak about um, let's say their legacy issues and mm -hmm. uh, and and actually also the pressure, the operational pressure, because that's most most of the time the reason. So most IT professionals, they do want to make a due diligent job, um, but they just don't have the time. So they have to really focus to, to uh, support the business so that SAP applications remain, um, you know, continuing stable and performant to the business. Like this is their their core objective. And so in, in, in the end, if I may jump into that, in the end, it is again the same like when talking about or we're thinking as yourself as a private person because your your security starts with yourself and with your mindset concerning security. And as far as I've learned from you now, it's it's no difference when you talk about enterprises. It starts certainly. with a mindset. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Like in, in the end, it's 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 uh it's a it's a top-down thing. Mm -hmm. Like uh, what 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 is being defined as as your goal, for example, as an as an uh, as an uh, application owner, is is your is your goal like to to carry out an S for HANA transformation as fast as possible, and you know, with using the the least amount of resources in your organization to do that, and and so on, but you don't have any goal, for example, geared towards let's say uh, that, uh, that um, you know, data, data protection regulations have to be applied mm. and, and whatsoever. So what are, in what direction are you going to run for? Um, but on the, on the other hand, like with, with the freelance of defense model to, 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 to make a more complete picture. So why is, for example, is it hard for security or is it not often carried out by security like to, um, like to tell the SAP operations department you have to do this like you know it's not good just to re rename uh, sap all and uh, um, and then carry on but work on 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 how you how you provide access how you um, how you have designed your roles and whatsoever um, the main reason is that uh, and i'm i'm kind of exception to this uh, to this rule that um, security experts 
very rarely have a uh, have an SAP background, an SAP technology background, like they coming off from 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 other spaces, from from other technology areas, um, from from the IT industry. Like they they are web uh, web security experts, for example. Like mm -hmm. they are, you know, they have worked with Java and or with embedded devices with C and so on. But it's actually very rare to find that an that an SAP secure uh, that an SAP expert moves to the security space or a security expert moves to the SAP space. So, which means there is there's really um, like we we call it in SAP uh, itself we call it Japanese. Like there's yeah. the there's the Japanese language, yeah. and then it's mm -hmm. pretty hard like for the security people to get into that. And I assume like I have the SAP background, so um, uh, I I don't really know. But for for many for for many um, SAP people, on the other hand, it's quite difficult to understand like when what what's actually meant by security experts when they are talking about threats and mm -hmm. um, um, and and um, you know attackers and uh, and so on and um, then on on the other hand we have audit mm -hmm. and audit most of the time has the very same problem as security um, but also struggles to identify the um, the organization's risks uh, that is inherent with uh, threats to their SAP landscape, to the organization's SAP landscape. So where often uh, I see the effect happen, audit is asking a third party, like, you know, professional penetration testers whatsoever, mm -hmm. to carry out an, an, um, a penetration test uh, geared towards the SAP landscape. Uh, it already starts with the point that it's very hard for, uh, for them to select uh, appropriate mm -hmm. penetration testers. Like if you're just a penetration tester without an SAP background, yeah. um, it's like it's the same problem with security to SAP. It's pretty hard to to make it a due diligence job. Yeah. Um, and you know if you if you cannot define uh, the requirements the the penetration testers should fulfill, uh, you will most likely end up with a meaningless report which is mm -hmm. going to be hand over to the uh, to the sap operations team and the sap operations team will take the, the the report and rip them into pieces yeah let's collect the dust yeah correct yeah um but before we go into the opportunities for for more security which we already like started um, i have one question more about like the the common area in itself because it really sounds like it, it's at least for my ears of course it's a matter of budget to become secure in a certain way probably i'm not really completely right with that but does this mean um like for example larger companies probably have the let's say more healthy security mindset and infrastructure and so on like smaller companies um, or are they are there certain different let's say regional differences between maybe europe or other regions where maybe security is having something more of a higher or lower emphasis that's a good question so when i look uh, around the region i, I care of a, a little bit more there are, especially, let's say, in, in Germany, it's very different. There are companies who are very aware of the topic and they really invest a lot and we, they really prepare a lot for this topic, but also the other way around. And if you look at the top 30 companies in Germany, I would say maybe it's half-half, yeah. Uh, half really cares for this topic and another half not really good. 
um, but it's different also in the, in the regions. Yeah? So for example, we see a, a lot of awareness for SAP security in the Russian market. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So they really care about uh, making their system secure, make uh, a threat monitoring, for example, which is really a high sophisticated uh, detection engine. So yeah, it depends a little bit on the market, but I would also say it depends on the people. So if you have people on the C-level, yeah, um, even in the board, but also in the IT leadership that are aware about this topic, yeah, that SAP is one of their, let's say, most important systems and that there are these threats, then something happens. And if you have people who are not aware about or the responsibility is not clear at the companies, that's also a, a big point, really. The responsibility is not clear, yeah, then nothing happens. Yeah? So I remember I met a CFO of a quite big company and she said, well, yes, we care about security. We are very good aligned and Mr. XYZ is responsible for that. And when I talked with the security officer, Mr. XYZ, he said, yes, yes, I care about IT security, but not about SAP security. <laughs> yeah, and there was no awareness at this company about SAP security. And that's why it it's not so good in this yeah, because it's not like maybe like when I take care for the infrastructure, then the rest which is behind it automatically is secure, which probably yeah. is a yeah. too short-minded approach. Yeah, and that's simply not true. You also have to care about the application layer, and we have companies here in, in Germany, Austria, Switzerland who really do care. Big companies, small companies, uh, but I really see a trend that especially in East Europe, but especially uh, uh, Russia, they really care a lot about it. And in Germany, there are a lot of companies who really, let's say, have to improve a lot for that. Yeah? And I think, as I said, it starts with awareness first. So we, we learned now that we are, in a certain way, are not fighting against students or like kids and so on, who no. try out like to, to, to be nasty to you or to, to do something funny, but like to train professionals, try Absolutely. to make yeah, your company. Yeah, you have uh, uh, really optimally equipped opponents, professionals, yeah, even state actors, mm -hmm. yeah, that you have to defend. Yeah, and um, therefore, of course, you have to be also very professional to do so. And uh, I think we at SAP we, we offer support for that with the basic applications, but also with with tools that you can use uh, and with advices. But of course, you have to use it. So when I now get this kind of realization, um, of course, there are, let's say, the one kind of reaction feeling a bit helpless. But when I get this kind of realization that there is an imminent threat out there, how should I approach this one? Yeah, there is um, there there is plenty of options available. Uh, also, naming some some bad examples. So um, it, it really it it really can happen to you, like. You know, like most CISOs do it or, or will do, they, they just Google for it. They will find a vendor and uh, and the vendor will tell them, um, oh, right, uh, you have a really big problem. And by the way, I have a tool for you to solve the problem. Um, like um, quite quite often, uh, um, um, I've recognized that, that organizations fall short on the attempt uh, to just throw money on a problem which they actually don't understand, like or don't 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 fully understand, and um, the problem is that uh, a tool like being a vulnerability scanner or, or or a detection utility or whatsoever that can help you when correctly applied in a specific area. 
most of the time you have to have educated and, and, and trained uh, employees actually to, to interact with the tool. You have to, you have to have the resources and of course you have to have the processes around. And then within the context of the actual tool, um, certainly um, there, there, um, there, is, um, uh, there is an improvement in your security posture. But outside of the context of the tool, like things can still go as crazy as before. Um, and uh, one of my, of, of my uh, main um, uh, efforts in that regards is to help to provide guidance throughout the, the challenges of identifying problems, um, protecting uh, what is there, uh, being able to, to, to detect what malicious activities happen, also being able to respond to that. And in case something falls over uh, to, to recover as an organization, um, how you can, can stick the things together uh, in an organization, you know, with the, with the budget constraints existing um, and so on, just by, by doing smart decisions, um, who, takes about, who takes ownership and what are the communication processes and, and overall uh, security processes between of the freelance of defense. So between SAP operations, security and audit. And uh, when you do this in a smart, uh, in a smart way, uh, you can uh, create a significantly better resilience by, you know, just purely, you know, throwing money into the fire, um, as, I, as I used to say. And um, um, then, of course, also being able to take wise decisions on, on, on areas where you need to scale uh, to, to address the problem to, of course, to use software uh, for this purpose. Um, and specifically in the context of SAP, like I, I know many um, um, managers, um, they're, they, they're telling me like SAP is, is pretty much the, the part of my, um, of my uh, solution portfolio in my organization where it's like the, within the golden cage. Like for SAP, there's for everything, um, uh, a tool and integration in place. And that's one of the core strength of SAP uh, com compared to also to other vendors in that space. Um, like the tightness of integration, not only regarding, let's say, business processes and so on, but also regarding the IT operations. And that's actually, um, you can really make a lot uh, without spending a fortune of, uh, of, uh, on, 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 uh, on, on security solutions or on, on, uh, on external resources and so on by, um, by, by uh, using things, simple things like sharing with the security team and explaining them the Oli Watch Alert report. Um, like uh, starting to, to apply free tools like the configuration validation in Solution Manager, uh, using interface monitoring and, and so on and so on. Like there's a plenty of things already available. Um, um, they are not necessarily, let's say, um, very, very well aligned saying that from an, from an outside SAP perspective. So it's not pretty straightforward to, um, to, to, to use them all the time or to address them. And um, they, they are made for SAP operations people and not for security people most of the time. But there are you know, plenty of things um, where as of now organizations just fail to, um, um, to use the, them as a baseline. So we have in a certain way, we have a real existing problem Mm -hmm. a threat, but there as a 
possible answer or as the best possible answer is to do something at first of a let's say intelligent concept against that instead of like hectical counteracting you're always better off like when you really um get the right help when you get like a concept which fits to you which fits maybe also to your possibilities and then you're better off in the end pretty much yeah so when we now looking for the situation, lots of SAP customers are in at the moment, um, which is of course something of a situation which can be maybe the best point of like really thinking about that kind of topic. Um, they are like on the move, like from ECC to S4HANA. So which means like they are in a, let's say initiative to completely revamp their ERP architecture, which means of course like, hey, that should be the moment, of course, where you definitely should not miss out thinking about security. Um, what are the, let's say, best things or what are typical and good examples what customers who are in that kind of initiative uh, should do now? Yeah. So as a very short answer to that, uh, train your freelance of defense. When it comes to SAP application security, that's uh, from my point of view, the, the most uh, effective thing to leverage. Um, like uh, that's that's really a chance to 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 bring in together um, the uh, the people from the from the different freelance of defense. Uh, we all know that, for example, training business user uh, as part of the transitions is is a no brainer and 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 a must. Um, but um, I often came across like um, most most of the time at the end of, of this transformation um, to, for example, carry out a penetration test then yeah. on the on a newly installed S4HANA, and um, you know where this have not been in place, and, and pretty much the same issues that have been there prevalent five years ago before the the transformation are still being there in the in the S4HANA environment. And uh, that's just because of a lack of of, uh, of understanding and uh, awareness and training of the of the IT professionals involved uh, in there. And you know, if you if you have um, if you have defined like the same way an organization um, usually solves business problems. So there's being an ownership addressed, yeah. like for the individual parts of the of the problem, uh, you split it into pieces, uh, address an ownership. Um, and then enable the people uh, by by uh, making them knowledgeable, making them skillful, um, to um, you know to fulfill the responsibility. And uh, part of uh, training is, a, is an essential part of that. And um, I, I think it's very important to understand also for the SAP people here in the podcast. Um, it's not straightforward, for example, for for a chief information security officer to recognize. Um, that an S4HANA transformation is just not an upgrade of the existing ERP system, uh, because this is the most time what they actually think. They, you know, they um, they, they may state the question why it takes uh, I don't know two to five years to upgrade um, you know a, a standard software, um, because they don't understand the implications that's been involved with that. And of course, that we with S4HANA we're really talking about a new software, uh, a new software stack uh, representing, or, you know, with the objective to, 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 to represent all of the core business processes of an organization. 
Which is uh, definitely true what you say, because when you, for example, see your S4HAN initiative as an upgrade where you say, like, I make a simple conversion just, then you, of course, if you just do not care for it, you, you are carrying your old security methods and your old security landscape, which may not be up to date anymore from the old system into the new system also, where you continue to act like this and to use like this. Um, is this something, Stefan, that you experience quite often in that way? Or what are like the typical activities or like what you say in that moment, you should do this and that to up your game in the yeah. dimension of security? Yeah, I think you said it absolutely right. Yeah? It's, it's a new technology and uh, also with a lot of new opportunities. And for example, what you should always work on when you when you do such a, a new project, migration project or new IT project, you should care about authorizations and user management, for example. You have to care about it. You have to discuss this with your with your business department. Who should have access to the system? What should they do in the system? Yeah. And uh, you have to discuss this anyway. So why don't use it to really, let's say, enhance the authorization model yeah? and uh, to let's say, improve it, especially concerning the segregation of duty concepts, for example, yeah? so that nobody can, let's say, transfer money to their own bank account or can access very critical data just by their own. Yeah? You can establish processes where somebody has to improve it, for example. Yeah, and I think that's a, that's a perfect chance to, to do that because you have to discuss this anyway. You should discuss it. Yeah, um, And you just have to implement it in this project. There are a lot of really possibilities, chances to do so. And you just have to take it. So again, a mindset issue because you have now a, techn a technology available of the 21st century. You have threats of the 21st century. So do not continue. Use something from the 90s or like a concept from the 90s, but but look what's in there for you in every aspect concerning like benefits, but also of course like security and use it. Yeah. Yeah, and get rid of the... Uh, you said it uh, with nicer words, but I don't want to say the schwer, mm. yeah, but uh, get rid of the old stuff. Let's say it this way. Yeah. You, you had to implement because the old world worked differently. Yeah. So if you had uh, customized uh, programs, for example, to do some, some stuff, yeah, these customized project uh, programs, they are usually a, a big entry point for, for, for attacks. Yeah. Because there may be some, some old code uh, that everybody is now aware that can be attacked and you can get rid of it. Yeah. And so take the chance and really get rid of the old stuff and make it now with a clear new architecture, with a clear security architecture, with clear authorization concepts. And, and then you are ready for the future. But that's, of course, some, let's say a danger which is um, more relevant for a conversion customer who is going that way than, for example, a, let's say, Greenfield customer who is, of course, starting more or less from zero and as such, of course, is more or less forced or, let's say, in a probably like feels easier urgent to think about a security concept. Yeah. yeah, certainly. Yeah, it's more obvious. No? I, 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 I usually uh, like to describe it with the, with the metaphor, like um, when, you, when you start the more green field, um, you are starting with a piece of software, which um, compared to 
like the customer has started, let's say 15 or 20 years ago with, uh, with, uh, with R2 or, 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 or NetWeaver basis release for, for, for six and, and whatsoever, uh, which is um, enabling security by default uh, in a much stronger manner, like these installations have done about 15, 20 years ago. Uh, like the, the metaphor is really, you know, you can you can start what, like moving everything into a tank and, and moving with a tank, but uh, like the more brownfield, the more you're getting into the risk that you are bas basically starting to dismantle the tank uh, and in the end having a tank without ammo. Um, yeah. Like to, 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 to describe it in a, uh, in a way. And uh, basically, you are as you are as exposed, at least as you have be, as you have been before. Most likely, you are even more exposed. Mm -hmm. Like uh, independent with transformation approach you are choosing, the business will ask you, you know, to do all of the fancy things around, so to say, which exposes the attack surface on the SAP uh, application and infrastructure um, in, a, in, a, in a much bigger way. Uh, like, you know, more uh, internet facing integration scenarios uh, will be provided. Um, and uh, like um, um, the, 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 user, uh, the user scope is going to be a much bigger one, like being it the more suppliers and customers and so on through direct or indirect interfaces will start accessing S4HANA installations, uh, no matter if they are on-prem or in the cloud. Like, you know, this is where this new functionality uh, exists and, and, and promises uh, advantages to the business and the business um, of course, wants then to to have these these promises realized, and that, um, um, like compared to the to to let's say the good old times where parameter infra uh, parameter security and infrastructure security, like putting it, everything behind walls, uh, basically uh, provided a certain baseline. Mm -hmm. uh, these walls, they are they are in the meanwhile they are they have holes like Swiss cheese. Uh, because many, many holes have been drilled into these walls uh, to, you know, uh, enable the new world of integrating with cloud applications and hybrid scenarios and so on. You, you said a word we really, or mentioned an aspect we really have to talk about in the end, um, because it's cloud versus on-premise. When, when you were talking about the topic cloud in the last years, quite often, like the first maybe counter argument or concern you were confronted with was the topic of security because there is sometimes um, let's say sub subjective i call it subjective feeling that your data and your stuff is much more safer if you have it in your own let's say servers than in let's say a cloud environment which of course you can argue if you like come to Waldorf and look at our um, cloud center there when you see like the, it looks like an atomic bunker. Yeah, we, I've seen it myself. Like there was like two years of concrete poured into like the walls um, to give it also like something of a physical security. What, what is your spin on that topic? Cloud, security in cloud versus security in on-premise. Is there, let's say, something which is on that aspect preferable or is it not such an easy topic? Yeah, it actually, it very much depends on from where, from where as an organization you are coming from. Like uh, a cloud is a shared responsibility model. Like you're sharing and you're, 
basically paying paying for that to 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 give over responsibility uh, for for somebody else to providing um, to providing uh, IT services to your organizations and. Um, um, the very important thing is here, shared responsibility is not shared accountability. Like as a customer of a cloud server, you're still, or of a cloud service, you're still being accountable. Um, like that's the very, very important thing to, um, to, to consider. Um, for many, many organizations, um, moving to, and then it depends on what kind of cloud model, but moving to a cloud model with shared responsibility um, with a provider that, that provides due diligence service to take over some of the security responsibility, uh, for example, on infrastructure level and so on from you, um, that you know will improve the, the security posture of, of these organizations. There are other organizations where uh, with the shared responsibility model, it, it, it don't make sense to them because they are very mature already in, in that area. And because it's all of their responsibility and all of their control, they can even go advanced of the security standards of cloud providers. So especially in the aerospace and defense area, I, I know these customers and um, um, yeah, they, in, in, in many of the areas, they will not go, uh, go to cloud because um, they are managing it better uh, than, um, than, than you actually can as a cloud provider. Um, to be uh, to be frankly honest, um, like uh, but probably still when 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 you look for let's say a typical let's say mid-sized company, um, I think they are just not just not able to to come up with the same standards because we talked about in the end it is a cost thing, yeah. And when you can consume security as a service, then my subjective thought of course would always be like probably those kind of customers would be better off from a security standpoint um, in a cloud environment or am i wrong with that um it, it depends so mm -hmm. typical typical consultant answer it depends um in, in that regards uh, the the major mistake uh, also um smes um, I, I know have done in the past and uh, I, I guess uh, continue to do is like uh, they say we're moving to the cloud also with security as a, as a reasoning for that. And now we take a, we, we, we take a tick on our security checkbox. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we moved to the cloud, we, we, we shared out or we, we sourced out responsibility. Responsibility is not accountability uh, regarding the security of, of our data and so on to, to the cloud, and they um, um, and they forget about like uh, that it's still their responsibility um, to, for example, carry out access and to manage access and and identities um, to to access uh, services and data um, which are provided. Um, from cloud solutions, especially in a software as a, as a service scenario. And that of course, managing this, uh, this access and authorizations and so on um, is not always a straightforward thing to do. And still, of course, um, our attackers uh, will remain to be able um, like um, to, to misuse things like uh, weak passwords, um, to misuse, um, you know, uh, badly 
uh, badly secured clients to to get uh, to get the session details from the clients and uh, and um, you know impersonate uh, users um, of uh, of the organization and so on and of course also still the the insider threats are uh, are remaining yeah so, so when when you like going to cloud and your motivation is like i do not have to care for the security topic anymore because of that basically you're continuing the same mistake you did before by not caring about security when it was an on-premise installation correct yeah when we want to do a summary about this because we learned a lot today what would you take your what, what's your personal summary concerning that um as a let's say last knowledge transfer and last tip to the listeners yeah so maybe i start so really i think that the worst thing you can do is to do nothing yeah to not care about the topic so uh, you should care about the topic make your company aware about sap security um, make it part of your project. Yeah. So SAP security should be part of every SAP project, especially a transformation project. And if you do so, of course you will improve. And, uh, I think every improvement is, is, is a good step. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think that would be my, my conclusion. Yeah. To really think about, do something, uh, of course, also talk with experts in the market, like with Marco and, and his company, Yeah, to really get all aspects you should care about. Huh? Yeah, I would like to add that uh, everybody, like all of all of the listeners to the podcast here, uh, they can ask themselves like how they can contribute to the security of the organization they are work for. That that really starts with simple simple things like. Uh, as as a consultant uh, that you that you don't use for all of your customers, for example, the same password all over the place, um, like you know, credentials stolen somewhere might might not might not even be your your fault. But one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> correct. Uh, or you know, the typical sticky note uh, mm. that, uh, that 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 remains to be sticked on the monitor and so on. Yeah. Um, uh, but. Also up to to you know the software developer developer the SAP professional the security professional um, everybody can can ask themselves you know uh, what I'm doing right now regarding uh, being due diligent geared towards the the, uh, the the security of the organization I work for and how can I improve like what what can I do better and uh, um, it's it's really. Uh, it's a it's a it's a shared challenge. It's a it's a it's a, it's a challenge, even though maybe it's not being written in your um, in your performance goals or whatsoever. Um, it is a shared challenge to to all parts of the organization, and uh, everybody can make uh, can can take a, a minute and, and think about um, how to how to get better. And um, really, um, a, a thing to consider uh, when you make uh, security a mandatory component of your S4HANA transformation, you can actually um, save a lot of money for your organization instead of like the typical thing I recognize, security is not part of the transformation at all. At the end, somewhere, somewhat, a security assessment or penetration test um, is, is being performed and then the crying starts. Mm -hmm. um, like, because then you, in many cases, you have to start all over the place, like have double the test efforts and, and so on and so forth. If you, if you do it right, 
and 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 uh, um, bring in uh, security aspects as early as possible as part of your HANA transformation. Uh, you can make the transformation much smoother uh, and um, as a, as an added value to the transformation as, as such. Um, your organization uh, becomes uh, or will will have a, a much better security posture um, than than before. Yeah. So the the, the risk is significantly be, uh, significantly being reduced. Wonderful. Thank you very much for for closing this podcast because I think everybody listening to that has gotten a lot of food for thought. Um, where can we get more information slash where can we follow you? Yeah, so of course you can follow me at LinkedIn. So if you search my name, yeah, please with double P, that's very important for me, uh, then you can find me on LinkedIn and of course you can follow me there. Yeah, and for me, um, you're very welcome to, to have a look at, at the website of my company, www.no-monkey.com. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy uh, to connect with you on LinkedIn, uh, which is uh, Marco, written with C, um, dot H-A-M-M-E-L. So the, the Hamel with double M. Yeah. Marco, Stefan, that was eye-opening. Thank you very much. And I will go now change my passwords. That's a good plan. <laughs> That's a good plan. Thank you very much for all of that. Um, I wish you a wonderful evening. Have a good time. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, Alexander.